This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, May 18th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show... We now have two UAW strikes against auto suppliers in the U.S. It looks like Kia might launch more EV production in North America. And some U.S. lawmakers want to make sure automakers don't get rid of AM radio in new vehicles. Plus, why is Sony teaming up with VinFast on a new in-car streaming service? There may be some mismatch. Obviously, Sony is a, a giant, important you know, brand overall, and VinFast is not. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. UAW members at a Ford supplier plant in suburban Detroit began striking Wednesday after nine failed negotiation meetings. The Constellium Automotive plant produces aluminum structures and crash management systems for the Ford F-150, F-150 Lightning, Explorer, and Super Duty, at six assembly plants. The UAW says 160 workers on strike are concerned about health and safety issues at the plant and management's disciplinary practices. The union said they have filed unfair labor practice charges against the company for bad faith bargaining. A spokesperson for Constellium said negotiations should resume soon and that the company does not anticipate any disruption to production. Kia may be planning to expand its assembly plant in northeast Mexico to build future electric vehicles. According to a Facebook post by Samuel Garcia, governor of the Mexican state, Nuevo León, company officials have expressed interest in investing a billion dollars to upgrade their existing factory near Monterey to produce EVs. Getting Kia's Mexico plant into the EV and batteries business would speed up the localization of its product line in North America. It would be a crucial step for Hyundai Motor Group, which controls Hyundai, Genesis, and Kia brands. Though all three brands offer EVs in the U.S. market, they are not eligible for the federal government's $7,500 EV purchase tax credit under the Inflation Reduction Act. That's because their batteries are imported and the materials used are sourced outside of North America. Private equity investors and other funders put at least $402 million into automotive-related startups in April. That's up 2% from March. It's a slight increase, but an encouraging sign for a corner of the industry that has seen investment plummet in recent months. It could be a signal that investment in the automotive startup space is stabilizing. However, the sector may face funding demands from one of the hottest areas of technology, generative artificial intelligence companies that are emulating ChatGPT. Jonathan Gerkink is a senior analyst with financial services firm PitchBook on its emerging technology research team. I imagine March kind of dipped with you know some of the chaos around the Silicon Valley bank crisis and I'm putting a damper on things for the month. So I guess I'd say, yeah, it feels a bit like, like things are normalizing. I mean, I I still think it's pretty volatile. So I think for investors, there's just a lot of folks sitting on their hands right now. Gerking said the massive flow of money into generative AI companies could also be taking away investment funds from the mobility sector 
and startups in other industries. And a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers introduced legislation Wednesday to bar automakers from eliminating AM broadcast radio in their new vehicles, citing safety concerns. Democratic U.S. Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts is one of the sponsors of the bill. He says at least eight automakers have removed AM broadcast radio from their EVs. They include Tesla, BMW, Ford, and Volkswagen. Lawmakers say losing AM radio undermines a federal system for delivering key public safety information to the public. The bill would direct NHTSA to issue regulations to mandate AM radio in new vehicles without additional charge. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, two UAW strikes. If this doesn't get cleared up soon, how do you think this will play into supply chain? Yeah, these are some important suppliers, and if the strikes drag out, it definitely could cause some ripples for their automaker customers. To me, the big takeaway, though, is just the signal it sends about the UAW in 2023. They've got new leadership. Uh, there's a lot of unrest over the way the economy has been going, and because they've, you know, many of them haven't had raises, while people who aren't in four-year contracts have been getting a lot better pay over time. So a lot of stress, a lot of concern, and a lot of risk that we will see bigger strikes against the automakers themselves this fall. So, Kel, I wanted to ask you, because you used to work in commercial radio, I mean, what do you think about this push to preserve AM radio in electric vehicles? I think it's pretty interesting, Jamie, because, you know, with the technology that you have in these new EVs, you're getting over-the-air updates where you can essentially update your car and put new software on your car. So there should be some type of push alert system that can just directly send you whatever the federal system is wanting to send to you, if that's like an EAS test or an Amber alert. But I think there should be some type of just system that's already just built in that you can just send that stuff over and you won't require or necessarily need AM radio to do that. Seems like there ought to be an app for that. Should be. Coming up, Sony is partnering with beleaguered Vietnamese EV startup VinFast to launch an in-car streaming service. Why? We'll dive into it next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it. Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit rayray.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Sony Pictures Entertainment is partnering with Vietnamese EV startup VinFast 
to launch a new in-vehicle streaming service in the U.S. this summer. VinFast began selling EVs in the U.S. in March. It has been beset by early disappointments over incentives, pricing, battery range, and tepid vehicle reviews to be kind. Automotive news reporter Lawrence Eiliff has been covering all of it for us. I talked to him about why Sony would choose VinFast as a partner and how this could play out for both companies. I reached him at his home office in Silicon Valley. Lonnie Eiliff, welcome back to Daily Drive. It's great to be here. So let's get this Sony news out of the way first. What is the gist of that partnership? Well, it's interesting. It's a new product, right? It's a streaming product. It's uh, aimed at being able to put Sony Pictures Entertainment, you know, products, films, television series on various screens in your car. I mean, we don't know how many screens cars are going to have because they keep multiplying. But, you know, we know there's a front infotainment screen. And then you could also use it like on your, your connected devices, which is another way of saying iPads, Android pads, iPhones, Android phones, etc. You know, there's a lot of rear seat entertainment now, too, in which there are car companies that put your their own screens or they put a like a holding device for an iPad, you know, something you carry with you. And then through this uh, Sony product, RideView, you could be able to independently use up to six devices, right? So you could, uh, two people could be watching different programs in the back seat while the car's in motion because that's not distracting the driver, right? I mean, they don't say that, but I'm assuming that from from other parts of their their product details. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a it's a full fledged streaming service aimed at cars and future autonomous technology. Well, yeah, one of the things because a lot of times with EVs, drivers will program in their destination so that the EV system can tell them where to charge most efficiently. And one of the things I saw, you know, Sony will recommend the movies or the programming that will fit within the allotted time of your trip. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think with gasoline cars there, you know, there were bigger screens and everything, but with EVs, especially, you know, Tesla driving, this is, you know, during your downtime, it doesn't have to be painful. You can catch up on succession or that's probably not a Sony product, but whatever the Spider-Man Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's I think that's really fascinating is that in the EV world and then with autonomous technology, right, everybody's going to be fighting for those screens because now the screens are in your house and then they were on your phone. Right. And now all these, you know, entertainment companies, Netflix, whatever, they have to provide their services where the screens are. And the idea is the screens are going to be in the cars. I mean, I guess I mean, there are autonomous robo taxis in San Francisco right now. Hundreds of rides a day, it's a real thing, but those are like short trips and stuff. So we're probably fairly far away from when you could watch a movie in an autonomous car. But, you know, maybe in five to ten years, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe an episode of a show. Sure. What I struggle with is why would Sony Pictures Entertainment choose VinFast, right? You mentioned Tesla. You know, there are so many high-end EVs, you know, with really sophisticated electronics in them. VinFast is a, you know, new and not incredibly impressive automaker yet. It seemed like a strange choice. 
You know, I think there's an interesting opportunity there, right? Sony is new to the market with this product. VinFast is new to the market with their EVs. You know, in the streaming world, you know, Sony's not a massive player. And in the automotive world, obviously, VinFast isn't a massive... There may be some mismatch. Obviously, Sony's a, a giant, important, you know, brand overall. And VinFast is not. But, you know... There just may have been an opportunity, a fit. VinFest is launching at the same time that Sony was launching. Maybe talks with bigger automakers are taking more time and there's more details. I don't know. Well, and it especially seems strange given that Sony, the parent company, at least, if not not the, the movie business, but Sony Corporation, is partnering with Honda to create a new brand, Afila, that would be this electric vehicle, you know, entertainment-rich yeah. environment uh, that was made it a little more puzzling even. Yeah, I got to think that in the future when that becomes real, that that's just going to be automatic. But like in the meantime, you know, they needed to launch with somebody and maybe that's the dance partner that was available, right? So what is the bigger picture with VinFast? The company is facing a number of challenges. Yeah, I think... One of the biggest challenges, obviously, is that we're in this economic environment and, you know, people are being very careful with their money and interest rates are high, whatever. So let's get that macro out there. But, um, you know, as a company, they are trying to move fast. Fast is deliberate in their name and it actually has the letters F-A-S-T phonetically in Vietnamese. They tell me, you know, stand for stylish creative, safe, and pioneer, right? So their whole kind of mantra is we have to move fast to the market. We have to move quickly. We have to gain market share, et cetera. And along the way, there've been some real stumbling blocks. One, they lost access to the $7,500 US federal tax break, right? Because their cars are imported from Vietnam. They can still do the lease, but Obviously, that's a smaller, you know, group of people who are willing to do leases. I mean, leasing can be a very profitable business, but especially for a new company with maybe questionable quality, the risk on the residual end, if you try to offer an attractive lease that assumes the vehicle is going to have, say, 50% of its value after three years, if you're wrong on that, you can really be holding the bag. Absolutely. And that's another thing is Tesla cut prices to the point where, you know, a Model Y last year was 67 grand and a Model Y this year with price cuts, a new lower base model and a $7,500 tax break is in the 40s, right? And arguably the Model Y crossover is probably the best EV on the market, you know, just kind of, you know, pros and cons charging network, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, you have this new, completely unknown player with some, you know, poor reviews, and then you have the mighty Model Y, right? So that's a different, difficult comparison. And then, you know, after the Model Y cut prices, they cut prices. Their lease went from $599 to $399, which is a 50% cut, right? And that was them... You know, giving you discounts, blending in the 7,500, you know, kind of doing all the math they could do 
to get it down to that level. And they, they, they also cut uh, the purchase price. And then their plan to lease the battery separate from the purchase or lease price of the vehicle, creating two car payments. They haven't been able to figure that out with their finance you know, company and like get the numbers right and everything. And also they've admitted it's confusing to consumers. I mean, theoretically, if you have two monthly payments and one can be higher or lower, the battery lease payment, depending on the mileage, you could have some more flexibility in the payment structure and maybe get some more people, but it was just kind of confusing. It was, it was very confusing and they were not very good at answering questions about it. I mean, I've I agree. not been in the vehicles myself, but I've been, I've seen them at auto shows and I've, I've gotten around and I've tried to ask people, you know, well, how is this lease going to work? What do you mean by this statement? What do you, and they just seem very short on answers. The, the quality of what I've seen at the displays, like the displays themselves are very impressive, but the vehicles and the interiors, the parts that they put on display have not been. And I'll say one more thing. I was in San Diego last week to drive the car at the media event, and I would say it drove fine, right? It, it, you know, it didn't fall apart. There were no pieces lying on the highway. It didn't leave me stranded. It was, you know, it was fine. Uh, you know, for a premium car that's 50 grand, that's some pretty faint praise. But when you talk about the parts and stuff, when you look at it more closely, it's like, you know, the individual pieces, it's not a luxury car. The seats are very hard. There's fit and finish problems. You know, Edmonds did like a very detailed review about every little thing. And, you know, it's just not quite gelled yet. It's not there yet. And that's where we come back to the fast. The idea that they're moving too fast. I mean, think about it. They're, Fisker doesn't have a car in the market yet. And they've been working on it for a long time. Faraday Future doesn't have a car on the market. Lordstown folded or whatever exactly their financial situation is. VinFast is selling cars. I mean, they may not be selling very many of them and they may have problems, but they made it to market. Now, what happens from here is what we're talking about, right? And that is they have not sold very many cars and they don't have that many rate reservations, 17,000 between the US and Canada. And, you know, you could burn through a lot of money really fast. Yes, in this industry, you absolutely can. But you spoke with the North America CEO and she remains confident. Absolutely. And it comes down to, she said to their, you know, their corporate philosophy, which is where we get back to the fast, is that they're like, yeah, we lost the 7,500 tax break, but one you know, what can we do? We're not, we're not going to stop our plan. We're going to keep going ahead. We're going to try and have flexible pricing. We're going to tell people our story. They do have like a crazy 10-year, 125,000-mile warranty, right? They're going to try and leverage what they can leverage. They do have relatively inexpensive lease prices, I mean, for that kind of vehicle. And that takes away some of the risk because you give the car back after two or three years. And they also have a plan for this North Carolina plant. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Because they're going to make, you know, four models in that plan in, you know, different segments, EVs. They do look good. I mean, there's, I don't think there's an argument about that, right? And those are going to get the 7,500 tax break. And presumably, you know, you build the batteries in the U.S. and there's other financial tax incentives from the government, et cetera. And so... 
it's like with the other EV stars of Rivian, Lucid, they need to, to push and burn through cash, right? Until they get to the point that they're reasonably profitable or nearly profitable so that people want to give them more money. And, you know, we'll see what happens next. They did just raise a bunch of money from the founder, from Vin Group, the conglomerate, and now they're doing a reverse merger, like a SPAC, um, and will list on the NASDAQ, and they're probably going to have a pile of cash, and we'll see how fast they move through it. It's going to be an interesting story. Thanks for being on top of it, Lonnie. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Karin Dingra, Abigail Hamm, and Carly Schaffner for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on EV startups, ongoing UAW strikes, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about how dealerships are making final preparations before the updated safeguards rule takes effect. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.